Cincinnati's most recent Baldwinsville community update. I'm your host, Shelly Hoffman. And I lost Bob for some reason. I don't know where Bob went. Um, today, we are talking with Bob Wicks. He is uh, the town supervisor for Lysander. And I believe he just came back. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Yeah, I hit my mouse accidentally and knocked me out. <laughs> That's okay. I just got done introducing you anyway. So I, I'm happy that you're back with us. <laughs> so I... Um, Actually, normally before we go live, I ask you what you've been up to, but we've actually been talking about town stuff. So just for a general introduction, what have you been up to this month? Well, um, obviously it's uh, budget time. So the big thing for us, normally I have a lot of things to talk about, but we've been doing, uh, we've been working on the budget quite a bit. So that's, that takes up a lot of our, everybody's time here uh, in order to get it going uh uh, in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that we can last year, we, uh, lowered the budget, uh, $300,000. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. I I'm hoping that, uh, we don't have a, uh, any type of tax increase. Uh, I, uh, right now, I don't think we're going to, but the problem for us is, um, we, everything's gone up. Uh, we're signing a two year lease with our, for our elect electricity. And, um, we, we talked to the company that does it through the associations of towns. Talked to the company on, when did we talk to them? Today's Monday, uh, last Wednesday. And so we're talking about uh, different pricing and things. And uh, uh, the individual that we were talking to says, yeah, the, the energy right now is really volatile. And it's not going down, it's going up. And so we were trying to lock it in. So he sent the contract out and we're, we're actually looking to um, – sign a contract Thursday because I can't just do it uh, unilaterally by myself. I have to get the uh, board's approval. They have to buy into it. And so we won't be able to do that until Thursday night. And uh, Friday is when we would be able to lock in our price. Well, I got a call from the person who's uh, uh, who I was talking to with the energy and he said, pricing skyrocketing. So it's like daily, it's going up. So the sooner we can do it, the better we can do it. But I can't do it any sooner than Thursday. So that that's one of those things. We don't have any control over that. Uh, just pricing in general. The uh, next year when we're doing our roads, pricing is going to be up. That's why our last board meeting, we actually uh, took a vote and allowed the highway superintendent to do additional roads because we've been under budget on all of our projects. So we had some additional monies left over. We wanted to get those done now because we have a locked in price, which is very good, much better than it's going to be next year. Uh, so we're trying to get those things done. But as we're going through the budget, we have to take a look at, okay, what, where is the price increase going to be? Well, energy is a big one. Gas is a big one. Oil is a big one. All of those things we use with the roads, with the energy in our trucks, with the energy in our buildings, um, our salaries are going up. Um, you know, nothing's coming down. So how do we um, address that and still get the things done that we want to get done? And um, it's, uh, you know, we, we take take a lot of time, but we're, we're in the middle of that right now. But I think, you know, even though it sounds bad, I think we're going to be uh, okay. <clears throat> 
Well, I think a lot of business owners in our community can relate to that because I've, I've talked to quite a few that do things like snow plowing or um, construction. And, and it's the same thing. They have to look at their overall cost because at the end of the day, they have to be able to make money to feed the families. You guys have to look at the overall cost of what it's going to be. So um, definitely makes sense. I just think you get more slack for it because, you know, it's our tax dollars. And if you have to raise taxes to make that happen. But um, but it's nice to hear you guys are trying to find ways to at least not make that happen. So that's cool. Well, we always look at, you know, when we go through, we have a uh, need to have and a, a want to have. And the needs are just to keep the doors open to provide the services that we have to provide by law. Um, there's a there's a cost associated to that. Then you take a look at how much that is. And then you look at, OK, here's our wants for the for the year. And some of the wants are almost needs. But you, you take a look at, all right, does it make more sense to buy it now or buy it late or wait for later? And uh, some things like with construction costs. Um, Construction materials, that's the one thing that does seem to be coming down a little bit. So we have a couple of projects that we finally got our grant money in for. We're not going to do that this year. We're going to wait until next year to see what happens with that. So Nice. Uh, speaking of construction projects, I'm going to probably skip ahead for you, but what's going on with that house over at the parks? I did have a couple of people ask me about the house that's supposed to come down and the trucks going over there and filling. I guess they're putting in dirt or something. And I apologize because I haven't driven over there to see. But as you know, I have friends that live over in that area. Yeah, that that's going to be uh, that's going to end up being two um, multi-use fields. You know, soccer, um, lacrosse, things like that. So as we're doing construction projects around the town, that has to be built up quite a bit in order to get the foundation we need to in order to put the turf down. So when we do a project on a road or somewhere else, we're taking whatever um, fill we have and putting it into that park. That's say every truckload of fill that we are able to put in there, that saves us $100. So if we take it off a road, and bring over a truckload that's $100 every time we do that. Well, we, we've dumped in a lot of truckloads. You know, it's it's been saving us hundreds, if not thousands, and thousands of dollars by us putting in the um, uh, the leftover, like from Connell Terrace, if we had things when we clean the road, we put that in there. Uh, and it's uh, hard filled. So we have a, um, <clears throat> have a contractor going in that uh, it has to do the um, asbestos abatement. And with that asbestos abatement, you also have to have another contractor that does the air quality monitoring. So those are two things that we have to have done before we can tear the house down. Once, the ho once we get that done, once it's all abated, then we can tear the house down. Uh, and then um, we're waiting for the grant money, uh, some of the um, American Rescue Plan money. Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain we can use that. Uh, I'm, I'm more than fairly certain. I'm like 90% there that we can use that for that park. And, and the reason we can use it for the park is because one of the reasons you can use it for the park, uh, use that money is if you can show that the, your facilities are getting much more use. It's costing you more to maintain it. Uh, it's being uh, used more by the public uh, you know, to get outside and things like that. And we can certainly show that. I mean, just go over there at any given day. That's that the use of that park has probably gone up, I'd say four to 500%. There's very few days when you go over there that that park is empty. Uh, I haven't been over there recently where it has been empty, except on maybe rainy days. So the, the spray park's been open all year and that's going to continue to be open as long as we have good weather. We're going to, we're going to leave it open probably 
you know, it looks like it's going to be pretty good weather through next week. So at least through next week, it's going to be open. And then once it starts getting a little nasty out, then we're going to close it up. But um, if you, uh, and that'll be on the website, but that's going to be open probably for at least another two weeks. But the other, uh, you know, the pickleball is really getting a lot of use. But that field, uh, now we're, we're coming up with a plan. Uh, that field, it's going to be two fields. Once that house goes down, then we'll come in with some more fill. We're going to rip the trees down in the back of the house that's in between the house and the uh, parking lot because that's going to be additional parking later on. Plus, we're looking at uh, putting additional parking in the front. So we're, we're probably looking at between 60 and 100 more spots there. And really, we probably need more like 160 with the amount of use that that park's getting. But I think that, uh, um, you know, that that should start to be, I mean, we're working on it now, but you should see start to see some real um, movement on that park sometime in the spring of next year. But it, it, it's all dependent on the money. You know, we, I want to make sure that we get the money in, that I can spend the money that we're getting in on uh, the park. Uh, and uh, like we were talking earlier, we're looking at over the next uh, three to five years doing uh, over uh, five to $600,000 of improvement in that park, almost exclusively coming from outside sources, federal, state, and county money. Now, uh, some of the county money, we applied for it. I don't know if we're going to get it, but if we do, that'll we're not gonna be putting in any local tax dollars. Now, people that are friends of the park, uh, they don't care where the money comes from. But people that, that don't utilize the park, one of the things that, that I hear from them, we don't like spending all our tax dollars on the park. And I'm listening to them, and that's what I'm trying to do, find outside funding sources in order to uh, do the improvements in the park, like uh, we did with the, as we uh, spoke about the last meeting, the um, fitness equipment and the additional playground equipment. We got a $200,000 grant through the state through Senator Mannion's office. That's going to cover that whole project. Uh, the house being torn down in uh, in the park. That's we got a fifty thousand dollar grant from um, Senator or uh, Assemblyman Barkley's office. It's going to cover that. So we're not spending money for that. Uh, so we're we're doing all the things uh, that we need to do, and uh, you know that helps keep you know we get the improvements done, but we're not uh, increasing the tax base. I um. To your, to your point, I always hear positive things about the park, which is great. And I don't know if we've talked about the new Parks and Rec director since maybe the first month when he was hired. But as you know, I've just spent recently spent some time with Kevin. Uh, he's getting the window painting for October going. We have a Johnny Lynn from the Painting Cafe that's going to be part of this year. I'm helping out a little bit, but um, I think he's he's great. You know, I definitely enjoyed walking around his ideas for the park, but just from a general idea of your relationship and what you guys talk about, um, I think, you know, you kind of mentioned he's a, he's a good fit for what your, what your roles were for the park, but um, can you expand on that a little bit? He, Kevin came in with a lot of experience. I mean, just when he did, uh, we, we just recently went through his budget last week and uh, it's not a hundred percent complete because there's some, there's some holes in it. And it's not because of anything he did. It's because like with trucks, we're, we're looking to replace the uh, parks truck. And what we try to do is roll it over each year. We, since I've been here, we bought two trucks. We only paid for one last year. We didn't pay for anything. You got a new truck. We're trying to do that again this year, but we don't know what the pricing is because of, uh, the chip manufacturers and the, and the trucks, they, they can't push the trucks out because they don't have the um, computer chips. So he's about two weeks away from getting that. But 
Um, he came in with some ideas. He's got kiosk uh, that he suggested that we don't have in the park. And if you look at, because he came from the county parks, if you go into county parks, you go into the entrances and there'll be, there'll be like three or four sided kiosks. They'll tell you, you know, field one, you got football, field three, you got soccer. Uh, you know, if you uh, pick a ball is over here and, and just uh, upcoming events. So he wants to put a couple of kiosks there so people can come into the park and they, they'll have phone numbers on it. You know, if you need you need help or you need to contact the parks uh, people, they'll have uh, upcoming events. They'll have uh, locations where different events are being uh, are occurring or what events are coming up. Um, and uh, he wants to put them in the park. Well, those are things. I mean, once he mentioned it, I said, yeah, okay, that's a great idea I'm, because the county parks has it. But I, I didn't think about that. But because of his experience, he comes in and he's – he, he has experience that nobody here has, and I, I think he's a phenomenal fit for us. And I think that, you know, one of we did a um, uh, a PAC TV little video yesterday, about 20-minute video, and Kevin and I explained what we're going to be doing uh, in the park with uh, Cindy Clark. So now uh, she she uh, 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 narrated it. So. We explain what we're going to be doing in the in the park over the next year, two years, five years, so what, what our plans are. Uh, so when that comes out, and that should be out within about another week or so, you know, people take a look at that. It'll give a, a better idea about what we're going to be doing. But um, he he just has a good handle on on everything that that we have moving forward. And like I explained in that, Kevin and I uh, sat down, and uh, what we want to do. We want to make sure that our programs are high quality programs. We'd rather have three or five high quality programs than 20 mediocre or less than mediocre programs. I mean, that, that doesn't make sense to either one of us. So that's what we're doing. So when it comes to the programming in the park, we're really looking at restructuring what we're doing, taking a look at what works. Like, like for instance, I mean, uh, the, the town ran a, uh, ran a program a few years ago uh, that was, uh, it was rugby. And my two granddaughters were involved in it. And I can tell you, it, 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 it was a program that, that we didn't need to run again. You know, well, I'll just leave it at that. It, it wasn't one of those that really did much to enhance uh, the quality of life for the kids around here. And it, and it really wasn't well attended. So those type of things, uh, you know, that doesn't need to be done again. Uh, and, and there's some other ones that, uh, uh, that we eliminated because there just wasn't a participation there. But we're trying to gear... The, the programming before was geared uh, way, way too heavily towards uh, kids that were 5 to 11 years old. And uh, maybe 10% was uh, geared towards uh, people that were 13 years or older. Well, what we want to do is gear programs to uh, people that are 5 to 85 years old. So that's why the pickleball court was uh, redone. If you look at the pickleball court, that's uh, even yesterday when, when we were out there on any, on any nice day, you'll see 30 to 50 people over playing pickleball and they aren't five years old. They're closer to 85, you know, they're, they're not, but you have, you have people my age or older over there. So that's what we want to do. Get a, and, and get a cross section of, of people in there. Now, yesterday, Kevin was talking about having a teen center type thing in there. We don't have any teen centers going on in the community. That's something nobody's brought up, but Kevin brought it up. And I thought it was a great idea, you know, where people could come and uh, maybe uh, drop their kids up. Now, I'm not saying little kids. It's not going to be like a daycare or anything, but it'll, it'll be a place where it's a safe 
place where there's uh, some direction, you know, if, uh, there's going to be people around where, uh, you know, kids aren't going to get crazy, but they'll be able to come to, if we get that fitness area up, they'll be able to work out, they'll be able to play basketball, maybe play uh, tennis or pickleball. They'll be have inside activities that they can do and just hang out with their friends in a safe environment. I thought that was a great idea. I mean, these are the type of things he's thinking about that uh, haven't been done in the past that I know of. And I, I think they're really uh, great ideas. And, and I, I really think he's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, he, um, him and I spoke a little bit about the, the, teenage, the teen center. He, um, I know he was going to talk to you or had already talked to you about it. And again, I have you know the teenagers that walk to the park, but there's not a whole lot for them to do at the park when they go, uh, unless they want to go um, you know, take a ball, pickleball, but just to, to gather. I used to live in Radisson, which you know, and you know, Radisson has that program for the younger kids and they go up to a certain level but it's, they get to see everybody. So even though they're out of school for the summer, it's a place for them to kind of still see their friends and, and do things together. So I thought it was a great idea. There's different aspects of, I'm going to say the village, but it's our side of the village, the Lysander side of the village, where you have the escape room that they have now in the Titcom building. You have Johnny Lynn who does painting cafe stuff. And I know that Kevin's been talking to different people in the community about, you know, how can you team up and do those types of things, you know, work together within the community. So I was definitely impressed when I talked to him. The, the younger stuff, and again, my kids were younger. The only thing I would say is like trial and error. You have those people that say, why don't we do a rugby program? Well, until you do it and see that it's not well attended, at least you can say, hey, we tried it. This is how, you know, this is how it went. And then you choose just like any of us that run a business or do anything, you know, it's a, it's a trial and error, what works. And if in our community, the pickleball is the, the thing to do, and, you know, the cornhole you had mentioned a couple of times, the equipment. So you kind of got to, to me, you got to get a feel for where the community is and then, you know, push in that direction. But that's just my opinion. Maybe nobody cares about my opinion, Bob, but that's what I was thinking. No, no, you're you're exactly right. It's not like we're afraid to to run programs. But if you have programs that, you know, two, three years in a row were were not well attended or they're they're just you know they're not going anywhere those are the type of things we're talking about we're not afraid to to try new things i mean absolutely not i mean and uh when when kevin brings something up you know i let him run with it he's the parks director he's got much more experience in it than me you know the biggest the the thing that um when we sit down is I'm worried about funding. Okay, how are we going to fund this? You know, and and we're look at we're looking at forming a 501c3 uh, through the community, not not the town. The town can't do it, but look at getting a community group, kind of like they do with uh, Burnett Park and uh, Beaver Lake, and have a friends of the I don't know what's going to be called, but have a friends of the the park. And uh, they they actually the pickleball turn they had a pickleball tournament last last weekend. It was well attended, and they raised an additional $600. So uh, Kevin was telling me yesterday they, that they wanted to donate the money to the town. And there's a way they have to do it. They have to come in and give it to the town board. And then, but, uh, you know, we, and they wanted to allocate it towards pickleball. That's not a problem. We can, you know, people want to come in and say, hey, we think we ought to do this. You know, can we allocate it towards towards this program? Sure we can. You know, that's, that's not a problem. And um, I think that's a good way where you get people that have interests that uh, uh, they can help fund these programs where, you know, people in a community that maybe don't play pickleball, you know, why should they, uh, you know, we, um, as a community, we have to fund certain things. You know, we have, we should have a park and we should have arts. You know, I'm, I'm big into arts. You know, if we could have a museum here, I'd love that, you know, but there's different things that we can do in a community. If you go to Fairport, um, 
over by Rochester in the, in the summertime, they have, they shut down the whole village and they have this big craft fair where there's all kinds of music and things. Marcellus does the same thing with old home days. Why can't Ballinsville do that? I mean, that's t some of the type of things I think we should be having here because, you know, it, uh, that old home days, that's been going on for 30 years. I think we need to, uh, 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 establish those things like we did with Oktoberfest. That was going really, uh, really well for a long time. You know, we need to start uh, reestablishing them. They got, uh, my wife's involved with the, uh, with the arts program in, uh, in the village and uh, they're gonna do the ghost walk. Those type of things are great. So, I, um, you know, to your point, we're not afraid to try new things, but uh, we're gonna, what, what we try to do is uh, if we're going to try things, we try to think, try things that uh, we're pretty sure they're going to be successful, you know, be only because we don't want to, we don't want to, we want to be um, very conservative and judicious with the resources we have. So you don't want to just try anything. And then, woo, that was, that was my books. But um, the, uh, so, so in that, in, in that respect, you know, that's where I come in and, you know, I have to uh, make sure that uh, we, we get the most out of every dollar that we have. Yeah. And it all goes back to that, you know, the budget, which is what you started the conversation with um, and, and making sure that it all makes sense. So, so what else has been going on? I mean, we, we've talked, I love talking about the parks just because I think it's, you know, Lysander is one of my favorite parks, but um, obviously there's a lot more that goes on in the town than just the, the parks and the, and the roads. Well, our goal is to have Lysander Park, the best park in the, <laughs> in the county. That's our goal, you know, now, and it doesn't matter what people in, in Fayetteville think or people in uh, uh, Cicero, it matters what people in Lysander and the Ballsville community think. If they think that it's the best uh, park in the, in the county, that's what we're looking for. So <laughs> kind of like football teams. Yeah. Um, so uh, we talked earlier about uh, the uh, project um, that's going to go in off of Hayes Road. You know, there's gone um, and uh, that would allow sewers to go down uh, along Hayes Road and also would uh, make it available so that uh, the people in Brick Walk and uh, Amelia Park, they'd have access to that. So we received a letter of intent, which is the first part of the process from the developer, Ken Raymond. And so that's moving forward. So people will be able to see, we're gonna have to have uh, public hearings. That's gonna have to go to our planning board and the county planning board. They're gonna have to sign off on it, but that, that is moving forward. And I think that the developer did a pretty good job in, in his letter of intent explaining the, the different things that uh, he wants to do. Now, one of the other things that we have to also do is form a committee and we're in the process of doing that. We got four, I wanted five people on the committee. So one of the other people that, uh, and I have to reach out to them today is with the school district because it's a big, if that project goes through, that's uh, a big benefit to the school because they'll, it'll, with Palmer School, they're on a septic tank or on a septic that, you know, we've discussed earlier and uh, they need to uh, redo that and they can't put another septic in. So if that project goes through, it's going to save them uh, $1.5 million if they're able to tap into that uh, sewer system yeah. as well. And then we'll get uh, $2 million from the developer to put a pump station in, which will allow the rest of the people along Hayes Road and, and those other areas to also be able to hook into that system. So that, that would be a nice project. And 
um, there's going to be, I think, about 130, 55 plus housing that's going to be, uh, that's part of the project. So an additional 130 homes that are going to be geared towards uh, seniors. And uh, that that's something that Lysander needs. We don't have a lot of that. And uh, a lot of people want to stay in the community, stay near, uh, stay near their kids. But uh, if their kids don't have room in their house or they, uh, you know, the house is too big for them, uh, where are they going to go? You know, they have to go outside of our community. Well, uh, I've been working with, uh, you know, a couple of uh, developers to try and uh, encourage them to put in 55 uh, and older housing so that we can keep our, our older uh, parents and grandparents in our community with us. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, obviously with me being in real estate, I, I can see a complete need for that. There's so many people that want to stay here, but they want to downsize, you know, and they want to be part of Baldwinsville. They just absolutely love the community. So if that would go through, I, I definitely don't think it'd be a hard sell to get people. Uh, there's a lot of interest in the Red Mill Manor, just because again, it's, you know, um, it's not assisted living, it's senior living. So yeah. you don't have to, you know, it's like a, a good I think I'm supposed to get a tour of it. I know Cindy's been through there, Cindy Clark and some other people. I don't know if you have or not, but they say it's a, I haven't yet. No, I mean, it it would be nice, but I mean, that's, that's kind of a small facility. How many, how many rooms they have? Maybe 30 or 40. I think 32 or 34. So it's not enough to support our community, but I'm just saying that's the closest thing really other than um, Van Buren has uh, McCary town, which is also, you know, it'd be great if we had something over here in Lysander. But McCary Town, it's my understanding, they got like three to five to 10 year wait, wait list down there. So we certainly do have um, a need for that. And then I'm, I'm really working to that with the developers. When they come in and they're, uh, we just had one the other day and I, you know, it's that, that was just in the uh, talking stages, but that uh, uh, the development, that uh, additional development they were talking about included 55 and up. Um, housing as well. So everyone that comes in, I'm trying to get the developer to think about that because I think it's a win for everybody. I think it's a win for the developer and I think it's a win for the community. So this one, 130, that'll, that'll help out. And they're going to be nice. They're going to be nice. I saw the, I saw the plans. They're going to be very, very nice. And then in, in that area on Hayes road, you're uh, three miles away from the, uh, from Ballsville. You're about uh, a mile away from uh, the, uh, why you're uh, three miles away from uh, 31 and Wegmans. And then you can go, you're only about uh, four and a half miles uh, away from the village of Liverpool. I mean, you're close to everything there and it's nice. It's, it's a nice scenic uh, area out there. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I mean, what am I? I'm 46. So I'm, I'm giving you quite a few years, Bob, to get that done. And then <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure he puts you on the list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, I'm not 46, so, uh, you know, I could move in tomorrow. (laughs) So is there Uh, anything else on your agenda? I know it's actually a little bit past a month because we didn't speak last week. It was, you know. Right. We uh, just went out yesterday. They're looking to put in a new cell tower up off of Hicks Road, and it would be in the field where Hicks and Gloria meet in the back of the cornfield all the way against the uh, trees, they're uh, looking to put in a new cell tower. And like we were talking earlier, if you go to come down river road and hit Hicks at that intersection there, Hicks, Patchett river, um, 
the if you go down River Road, like you're going towards Liverpool, it's spotty uh, cell coverage at best. And the same thing, if you go down Hicks Road to 370 and drive down 370 to the Belgium Bridge, or actually all, all the way to um, John Glenn, all that area in there has bad, bad reception. So this cell tower that they're proposing uh, would take care of, that would eliminate that. that. That should, well, I'm saying it would eliminate it. I believe it would because now you have a cell tower uh, a lot closer to you. That that shouldn't be a problem. But uh, there's going to be some public hearings on that. So we, the first process was we went out with the developer to go out and take a look at it and um, uh, uh, do a site visit. And we did that yesterday. So now they're going to have to bring the proposal to us, which we'll send to our planning board, county planning, to have them do the uh, the seeker, the environmental quality review on that. Then they're going to send it back to us. Then we have to have public hearings. But there's going to be a 10-day period where they'll actually um, have a balloon flying where the tower is going to be. So if people want to drive down Hicks, and if you drive if you're driving uh, north on on Hicks from 370, and uh, you hit Gloria, there's a cornfield on the right. It would be all the way to your to your right, all the way along the tree line. And when we were out there, it's really not going to be that visible for uh, from a lot of areas. You know, it's not going to be. Um, I don't believe it's going to be that uh, much of an eyesore because there there's trees and cornfields around and really not a lot of houses but just like anything you know it, if you're really looking for it you're going to be able to see it but I don't think it's going to be that much of an eyesore but it will um, it should provide a lot better cell coverage for the people in in those area and that that's a lot of people in that area. Well and that's and it's great for those area I can just add even when my children are a little bit younger and they you know I drop them off at the Y and I just try to stay in contact with them, depending on where they were standing in the Y. Sometimes they didn't have yeah. or pulling in or pulling out. Um, so not not completely no service, but it was definitely spotty even within that area. So I think it'll be great. Yeah. So that I mean, that'll cover that whole. I mean, I don't know how far they go, but you got to figure Timber Banks all the way down Palmer School, the Y, um, all the way down to John Glenn, into the village down on Hayes Road. Uh it'll be it'll be much better with that cell tower being that close yeah well we'll see i'll look for the balloon just i wouldn't have thought about it until you mentioned it but um, i'll be curious when that goes up and then and then see but uh, i'm addicted to my phone as uh chief leffencheck pointed out in our conversation yesterday when we were live that he actually has scolded me for standing on the street corner with my head buried into my phone and told me not to get hit by a car so <laughs> so i i might might be one of those people ecstatic to have cell service. As long as you're on the sidewalk, hopefully you're okay. You know, I mean, you're walking across the street, I can see his point, but if you're on the sidewalk, I mean, uh, come on, uh, Chief. <laughs> you know, hopefully we're not having cars coming. Although, if you're on the other side of the road and those trucks come by, you could I have over by uh, the tattoo parlor. Could be an issue there. Yep, and that's about where I was, so maybe I should oh, be yeah, that's exactly. give him a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> So is there any anything else? I mean, I'm just always between you, the mayor, the chief, Mary Francis. There's always something um, really going on each month in our community. So I think it's great. Yeah, that's about what we're working on. Like I said, I mean, uh, I haven't really uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm going to uh, next month start uh, gearing up to do is having meetings with the emergency management personnel locally, the, the fire, the um, ambulance corps, the police. 
to, to start working on our emergency management plan. But until I get through this budget, uh, that's gonna, I'm gonna have to put that on hold a little bit. So that's probably gonna be towards, uh, at least set it up towards the end of next month or maybe early in October or, or November. And like I said before, that's that's a long process. That's not something you can do overnight. That we're probably looking at the end of next year before we get a comprehensive plan together. But, you know, I have all the documentation now and I have people signing on with that. And, um, you know, we're, I, I've uh, received some help from, um, Dan O'Hara, who's the uh, director of emergency management for uh, New York State, he's a Lysander resident. And then uh, Dan Weirs is the a Lysander resident. He's the commissioner of uh, emergency management in uh, uh, for the county. So we're lucky we have those two individuals here, uh, and uh, they'll be a big help. Uh, so I, I think when we get through, we'll have uh, a nice plan. But that's one of those things. It's a fluid plan. Once you once you do it, you don't just let it uh, collect dust on the on the shelf. It's something that once we have it, we're going to be constantly updating it and upgrading it and making sure everybody uh, uh, you know is on board with it and the community understands what we have. And uh, so that'll be good moving forward. No, I, I think it'll be appreciated because, as you know, last year, um, everybody kind of jumped in quickly to help each other. But there was definitely those moments of where do we go? Who can help with this? You know, so to have a plan in place, I think will be very helpful. Hopefully we never need it. But well, you hope you never need it. But I mean, uh, something like that you did. I, so at some point we'll need it. I mean, you had we had a SWAT call in the village before. You know, I mean, if we have something like that. You know, people were displaced out of their homes. I mean, this plan, um, when we get through, should help alleviate any any questions on where would we take someone in something like that. If you had an area, because I years ago when I worked for the sheriff's department, we went into Radisson and we had to displace a lot of people uh, for this one incident. That that was back in the uh, late '80s, early '90s. But what do you do with them? So uh, if you have a comprehensive plan, you'll know what to do with them. So it'll you just you know go to your plan and there'll be people there and we'll know exactly what to do and where to go. You, you know, no plan is going to cover every incident. It just doesn't. You always have chaos, but what you want to have is organized chaos so that, you know, initially you're going to have chaos, but then once uh, uh, with a good plan, you can um, get to an equilibrium much, much quicker than you can with no plan. I mean, my, my daughter's, uh, uh, moving next week. And it was funny because I told her yesterday, she's moving out of one house, moving into another. She's got uh, uh, people coming in to do her. She's got people coming in to clean her other house. Now, while she's moving into her new house, the other people are moving out of that house. So there's all kinds of moving parts. So I said, look, we need a plan. So I'm putting together a logistics plan for her. You know, okay, how many people do we have? This is going to be who's responsible for what. So we're going to have a conference call next weekend and list all the things, all the items, because other than that, what do you do? Wake up in the morning and then, okay, well, uh, here we go. And everyone's running around crazy. I mean, there, she's got enough things going on that we're going to make a plan for that. So you can make a plan. Uh, that's the nice thing. When, if you have a good plan and if, if you understand how to do this uh, incident command system, you can apply it to anything you do, to, to uh, things with 5,000 people or things with 20 people. Uh, and it works out really well and, and it just makes things go smoother. So, Well, you are definitely more organized than I am. I, have, I live a life of organized chaos, as I found out this last uh, 16 months or so. But... <laughs> <laughs> But it works for me, Bob. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Whatever works, hey. 
Okay. Well, I, uh, as always, I always say this, but I do appreciate your time because I know your phone rings and people are probably looking in to see if they're available to talk to you. But, um, but I know people appreciate you getting the message and what's going on on the town in the town, um, you know, as often as we can. So, so thank you. Great. Oh, thank you. And I will see you in October, probably. Okay. If not before. <laughs> bye bye.